Amazing Grace Kona welcomes you to today's lesson from Pastor Izzy Manzo. Our prayer is that today's lesson will spiritually feed and uplift you. Now, here's Pastor Izzy. Let's look at Psalm 46. This is a psalm in the Hebrew. It was written by the sons of Korah. They were the, the worship team of their day. And so they put this psalm to a Hebrew style. It's called an alamoth. It's a cantor that they do. It's just three stanzas long. And this is one of my favorites for comforting our heart. When we feel like we're pressed down, we're going through trials and struggling, this is a great comfort one for me, especially that it has that song quality. Now, I want when I get to heaven, I'm going to ask the guys to sing it the way they sang it because we, we actually use some of these verses in modern-day contemporary hymns, but I want to hear how they did it. I know it won't be in English. It'll be in Hebrew, most likely. That's what it was written in, and... This one here, it says, starting in verse one, it says, God is our refuge and our strength. He's our very present help in trouble. Now, I learned this from the King James, in times of trouble. He says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change and though the mountain should slip into the heart of the sea. Think about this. This is written like a thousand years before Christ came. And it says, therefore, we will not fear, though the earth should change, or in the Hebrew, should be changed by shifting. And it's interesting because we know today we have these tectonic plates in the earth that are constantly shifting ever so slightly. But when they do a little bit of a, say, a one or two inch shift all at once, that little jar, we have a big earthquake just because the little plates made that shift. Well, here it says, though this should happen, should we be afraid? What's the psalm say here? Verse 2. Though this happens, he says, we will not fear. And though the mountains would slip into the heart of the sea, we don't have to be afraid. He says, though the waters roar and foam, and though the mountains quake at its swelling pride. And the psalmist here says, we don't have to fear. But I don't know if you notice why. It's found in verse 1. Who is our refuge when there's trouble? Where is our safe place to run to? It's God. God is our refuge and our help in our very present time of need. Whenever you have trouble, who are you going to run to? It's like that, who are you going to call Ghostbusters? But we're not calling Ghostbusters. We're going to call on the Lord. Whenever there is trouble, the psalm tells us in a song, we should call on the Lord whenever there's trouble. And we don't have to be afraid because we're calling on the guy who can help us. He is our refuge. He's our safe haven. He's our place to go to. Now, verse 4 says, There is a river whose streams make glad the city of God and a holy dwelling place of the Most High. God is in the midst of her, and she will not be moved. God will help her when the morning dawns and the nations make an uproar and the kingdoms tottered. He raised his voice and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now, when you have troubles, it's interesting that the psalm turns from, though there's big problems down here with the earth shaking and the sea roaring and storm, all the things that happen down here. The very next paragraph, by the way, starting at verse 4 to verse 7, is one paragraph in the Hebrew. And this paragraph takes all of its attention and turns it heavenward to the Lord. He's the one who has a, a city, the city of God, it says, with a river that has streams parting from that river that make... It says the city glad, the city of God glad. This psalm, by the way, 
Some people think the idea of God's city being there and, and this river that flows being something they read about only in Revelation. I said, no, it's been in the Psalms a lot longer. I mean, it was in Psalms way before it was in the book of Revelation. But in Revelation chapter 22, the very last chapter of your Bible, if you look with me, it says here, then it says he showed me a river of the water of life, clear as crystal. It was coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And it was in the middle of the street and on either side of the river was the tree of life, bearing 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were healing for the nations. And there will no longer be any curse. And the throne of God and of the Lamb will be in it. And his bondservants will be there. They will serve him. And they will see his face. His name will be on their foreheads. And there will no longer be any night. They will have no need of light or of lamp, nor of the light of the sun, because the Lord God will illumine them and they will reign forever and ever. The scripture teaches us God is light. Now, when God is dwelling with us in this place, what we read about this new Jerusalem, this new city that will come down. And by the way, I know some people get all freaked out that this earth is going to be, it says, Peter said, this earth won't be destroyed by water like it was in the days of Noah. He said, this earth is reserved for fire. And it will be destroyed by fire. But see, if you're a person who doesn't know the Lord, you might freak out about this idea. You might get, oh, no, the world's coming to the end. It's the apocalypse, you know. And in Greek, the word revelation here is apocalypse. So the word for revelation is apocalypse. In chapter 22, we see the river of the water of life. You guys ever heard of that river? That's a river I'm looking forward to going to see. And especially because... There's a tree. I read this to my grandfather. He was raised on a farm in Italy and came over to America. And he taught me how to take citrus trees and graft branches. We had, like, say, an orange tree in the backyard. And we had branches that had grapefruit and pink grapefruit and tangerines and lemons and limes all on one tree. In Italian, we say a word kind of like means collage. Well, that's the name that they call the tree. And so through the whole season, it's got oranges on one side, limes over here, lemons, and, and your neighbor's are like, what kind of tree is this? And my grandfather would just smile. And so when he was on his deathbed, I wanted to help his faith. Oh, no, no, when you get to heaven, I don't know everything about the layout and everything, but I do know some of the, the landmarks, the river with living water that flows from God's throne. And... Listen to this tree. Now, This I'm reading this to him, and my grandmother's sitting next to me in the hospital. And I'm reading him this passage. I said, so he showed me a river of water of life, clear as crystal. And I said, it's coming from the throne of God and of the Lamb. And in the middle of the street, on either side of the river, was this tree of life. So you can picture this tree that's got roots that reach over. It's easy here in Hawaii. We have those big banyan trees with those massive roots. And a lot of the Hawaiian people that know the medicine of the natural plants, there's certain plants that go, that tree helps with this, you know, this leaf helps that. This Here, God's going to have leaves from that tree that gives healing to the nations. But when I read, there's a tree in heaven, I said, I'll meet you at the base of that tree. Because, I mean, at least we got a spot to rendezvous. You know, heaven's going to be a big place. It's like when you go to Disneyland and you, you say to the kids, if you get separated, right, come back to and you pick whatever, Sky Mountain or some 
thing that they can see from anywhere in the park. Go to this spot and we'll get back together in case we get separated. Well, I don't know everything about him, but I got some good previews here. And this preview tells me we got a good tree to go to. So, so you want to find me when you get there. You just look for me and my grandfather. That's where we're going to, and my father. I told my father the same thing. This is where to meet, at the tree that has 12 different fruits. And so I get done reading it to my nono, and when I'd be done, my, my grandmother, she would go like this. Um, this is un altro volta, they say in Italian. One, this means another time. You don't have to actually say the words. You can just spin your finger like this, and it means do it again. So I'd read through the verse, and I get to the part, we're going to be there. There won't be any need of light. God's going to be the light. And he would smile. And he was, like, not responding to anyone at this point. And then she'd do this. When she'd see him smile, she'd... And I had to read it again. And then i get done, and she'd go like that, and, okay, i read it I read this passage over and over and over till the Lord took him home. And every time I got to the end where God is light, you know, there's not going to be need of any lamp. God's presence will illuminate the whole place. He would just get this little smile come on his face like, like, hmm, that's going to be good. And every time I passed over the part of the tree with the 12 different fruit, I'd see him go. Mm. Like, okay. I said, now that's where we're going to meet. Don't forget. And he just smiled. He had real bad Alzheimer's. So he didn't recognize anyone. But he remembered me. I was named after him. Still remembered me. And so this, this passage has great meaning to me because this is the part where the living water, the river, we're told about here, clear, clear, crystal clear water coming. This living water. And here, this is described to us. But did you see it in Psalm 46? The river whose streams make the city of God glad is right already described in the Psalms. It's not anything new. It's not like, oh, only John got to see the things about the river. The sons of Korah were singing about the river of God before John ever got to know about it. And here it is in the Psalms that this river has streams that that make glad the city of God, the holy dwelling place of the Most High. And it says in verse 5, Psalm 47, verse 5, and God is in the midst of her, and she will not be moved. Now, we just saw in Revelation, God is in the midst of the city, and do you need any light when he's there? No. Here the psalmist says, to say, God's in the midst of her, and when God's in the midst of the city, he says, the city will not be moved. Now, the psalm started off with, the whole earth is shaking. The earth is quaking. The seas are, are roaring. Everything's not stable. But where's our stability in this psalm? In the city of God. Because God's going to be there. And when he's present, there's no worrying about being thrown around. We don't have to worry about, wow, I wonder if God's city is going to go on a roller coaster ride. I wonder if there's going to be earthquakes that affect that. Do you think there'll be earthquakes that affect God's city? No. No. And we won't need light. It's going to be, it's like the Bible tells us, look at the things, the heavenly things, because there's your real stability. You know, though this earth shakes and quakes and does all this weird stuff and gets us all freaked out, that's not where we're supposed to put our eyes. The author of Hebrews says, let us fix our eyes on Jesus. He's the author and the perfecter of our faith. When it comes to this world, sometimes things down here, they get us a little upset. We get 
you know, looking at stuff going on and it starts freaking us out and we forget. We're supposed to put our focus on, on God. Keep our focus on Him. And when we keep our focus on Him, He's stable. He's a rock. You know, we don't have to be like, oh, do you think the storm is going to make His city shake? No. It's not going to do anything. It will not be moved because God will be present. Now, does the Lord want to be present with us? When we're going through this life down here, you know, Jesus said, don't be afraid. I am with you until the end of time, end of this age, he says. Don't, need, don't be afraid. You don't have to be. I'm with you. But see, remember the disciples in the boat when they were crossing the sea? said, so let's go over the other side. And, and a storm came. And the disciples in the boat, they, were, they went back and Jesus was asleep. They're like, wake up, wake up. Don't you care about us? We're perishing. And what was his answer to them? Oh, ye of little faith. He just spoke to the wind and the sea and said, be still. Be calm in Hebrew. And it went, just flattened out like glass. And they went, what manner of man is this with us in the boat? Now, if they would have been students of the Psalms, there's a Psalm that says, only God commands the wind and the sea. He's the one who has the power, right, to say to the sea, stop, storm, stop. And it just stops. And Jesus is in the boat with them, and he says, stop. And they're going, what kind of guy is this? If they knew the Psalms, they would have said, hey, God's with us. Remember Jesus, when the angel pronounced at his birth, he said, he shall be called Emmanuel. Remember he was proclaiming to the shepherds in the field, this day there is a child born the Savior. He is born for you and he's, he's going to be wrapped in cloth and lying in a manger. And he shall be called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Emmanuel, God with us. They had God with them. But see, we forget. I think the reason that story was there is because we forget God's with us. We get in a storm of life and we get a little scared and we need a good reminder that the Lord is with us. And when the Lord is with you, you don't have to be freaked out. He's your place of refuge. He's the place where you're safe. And this psalm's a great reminder of that. It goes on, it says, The nations, verse 6, made an uproar, and the kingdoms tottered, and he raised his voice, and the earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Verse 8 says, Now come, behold the works of the Lord who has wrought desolations in the earth. He makes wars to cease to the ends of the earth. He breaks the bow and cuts the spear in two. He burns the chariots with fire. He says, cease striving and know that I am God. Or the King James reads, be still. Be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. This is the second time in this psalm that it says the Lord of hosts. Look at verse 7 and look at verse 11 and see, see how they read in your Bible. Verse 7 and 11. Do you notice something about those two verses? They're exactly the same. Here's the chorus of the song for you. I mean, the stanzas change, but the chorus is exactly the same. The chorus is the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our stronghold. Now, whenever you put a chorus in a song, so 
you know, you're singing it. Why do songwriters do that? What part of songs do people remember the most? The stanzas or the choruses? The choruses. It's just the way we're wired, you know. The choruses are like repeated. You know, between each stanza, we go back and sing the same chorus. And because we do, we get more familiar with those choruses. I think God wants us to be familiar with verse 7 and 11. They're highlighted in this psalm, the way it's written, that they're repeated for us so that we remember. What do we need to remember? The Lord of hosts is what? With us. And the God of Jacob is our what? What is a stronghold? A fort. It's a safe place. You know, it's the place where if there's a battle going on, you retreat to the stronghold because that's where you've got the thickness of the walls and the safety of, of that. You know, it's it's a fort. It's a, it's a mighty fort. And it says here, God is our fort. He's our fortress. We get in trouble. Who do we run to? Well, we run to the Lord. That's our fortress. The Psalms start off with pretty much the worst things that can happen. The mountains slipping into the oceans. The storms coming. I mean, it's not like little stuff. The earth underneath our feet is shifting. That pretty much gets our attention every time. I don't care if you're a Californian and you're used to a bunch of earthquakes. If it's big enough, it gets your attention. When the street splits in two and there's a big chasm in the middle of the highway, you pretty much take note, don't you? It's one of those things we just can't ignore. The Lord says, when all this stuff, the stuff that's the big stuff happens, who do we have for our fort to run to? Who's our stronghold? Who do we have with us? This is what we need a reminder of. That's why the, this is the chorus. We need to remember God is with us. And he's the place that's our refuge. He's our fortress. We can run to him and be safe. And I think it's just a good reminder song. A lot of you guys already know, I'm not teaching you something you don't know. This isn't like, wow, that's brand new. I never knew that. This has been around a long time. Psalm 46 has been around a long time. And the truths in this psalm have been there right blatantly in our face to say, when God's there, not even the city will win. That's why I think it's so important we put our eyes to some of the heavenly things to come. And God said when he prophesies about things in the book of Ezekiel, says, I'm going to tell you what happens before it happens. So that when it happens, you will know one thing, that he is God. So it, what we've got to get boiled down the gospel to is, do you know the Lord is with you? Do you know the Lord wants to be with every one of us? If you bring it down to the simplicity of the gospel, it comes down to this. Do you know God is with you? Remember in Psalm 23, we read, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, right? And yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for thou art with me. That's what this psalm says. It's a repeat. This is just repeating what Psalm 23 said. Don't have to be afraid of anything, not, any, not even any evil, if you remember this one thing that the Lord is with you. And if there's anything you're going to pass on, if you do me a favor and teach your children this, teach your grandchildren this, that the Lord, no matter what they face in life, Jesus said, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. I'm with you. We just got to teach them that the Lord is with, because we forget when bad stuff happens, our eyes, they kind of shift off the Lord and they kind of focus on the bad stuff. And and all of a sudden, we forget he's with us. And that's when we panic. 
That's when we lose our cool because we forget. I love being around the, the Christians that have been a Christian a long time. They have that seasoned faith and they've been through so much and they've seen the Lord has been with them the whole time. I mean, it could be like terrible stuff happening and they're just like a rock. You're like, how are you so calm? Well, did the Lord leave me? Did, did, like, matter of fact, one fellow said, so did the Lord leave me? And I'm like, uh, is that rhetorical? Does the Lord leave us? No. And he's like, so why should I freak out? When we should freak out is when God is not with us. But this psalm says, he's our stronghold. He's our fortress. And he is with us. Just to remind you this week. And if you wouldn't mind, if you already knew this, would you help me pass this on to the next generation? Just tell your kids this. Tell your grandkids this. You know, when you're talking to the grandkids, just say, don't forget, honey, that the Lord is with you. Whatever you're going to go through in life, just remember, grandmas, and do grandmas have influence on their grandchildren? Or grandpa? Oh, yes, they do. They're a powerful influence for the kids' faith. It's later on, when that kid's going through a struggle, they'll be hearing grandma's voice in their head saying, remember, honey, I told you, when it gets bad, don't forget who's with you. The Lord is with you. You know, even if you've been a Christian a long time, don't we need to be reminded? It doesn't hurt us at all. Good reminder. This is the reminder song that the Lord is with you. And he's your fortress. He's your stronghold. You get in trouble, where do you run to? Well, run to God. And teach the next generation. You get in trouble, just run to God. He's your fort. You'll be safe with him. You don't have to worry about nothing. And this promise is, is a promise his city won't even move because he's there. We gotta learn that kind of rock solid stableness exists with him. Nothing shakes him. That's comforting from our faith. We have a generation that doesn't know that about God. Somehow they think maybe maybe his kingdom gets shook up. Maybe, maybe it freaks him out. Do you think it freaks him out? No. They just they just haven't been taught the truth. And the Bible says, you know, that Jesus said, you should know the truth. When you know the truth, the truth sets you free. Amazing Grace Kona thanks you for listening to today's lesson. You can listen to today's lesson or any of the radio lessons on iTunes titled Celebrate the Lord. And if your travels take you to Kailua Kona on the Big Island of Hawaii, come visit us. We meet Sunday mornings, 9 a.m. on the beach at the north end of the old Kona Airport. For more information on Amazing Grace Kona, go to our church website at AmazingGraceKona.com. Amazing Grace Kona is the original Calvary Chapel Kona.
to see clearly when my tank 